Hello, I'm John Kenny, the Relationship Guy, and Relationship Coach, helping people to create healthy, intimate relationships. Welcome to the show, the show where we talk about all things relationships with a mix of my own relationship ramblings and some great guests from all walks of life who will be discussing the importance of relationships to them. Hello. In the last episode on narcissism, I talked about the types of narcissists that exist. Uh, Do go back and listen to that episode. The link is in the show notes. In this episode, I'm going to talk about why it can be difficult to identify a narcissist, why people have relationships with them and the type of person a narcissist would generally target. So why may a narcissist not seem like a narcissist at first? It can be a surprise to many, generally based on their own expectations of others and themselves. Um, I wouldn't do that, so why would they type of thinking that they can't actually believe that someone is so incredibly self-centered and self-focused and so give them the benefit of the doubt? Not just once, but on many occasions. These actions can seem so unreal that it doesn't register that it's a problem. A narcissist will fit into the space that they believe will meet their needs and so can be incredibly generous one moment and then exhibit self-centeredness the next. Returning to the generosity if needed to draw a person back in or to gain something from them in return. Thinking that the narcissist actually cares about them because of the good moments. These good moments are however false and manipulative and the mask of these will drop more and more frequently. By the time someone is aware of what is really happening, they can already be drawn deeply into the relationship. Particularly at the beginning of a new relationship, there will be lots of love bombing, paying you lots of attention, giving you time, gifts, saying all the right things, which inflates your sense of self-importance, your importance to them, and a sense of well-being around you, making you feel cared for and loved all a ploy to get you to continue with the relationship and bind to them more and more. Narcissists can have a fairly fairy tale type of idea or romanticized ideal about love. Uh, a picture of the perfect relationship, uh, well, the perfect relationship to them, of course, and aim to create this in every relationship. This is a very well rehearsed space, showing you only the parts that make this um, their reality based on their success, their intelligence, their accomplishments, their generosity, etc. You may even question what's going on, knowing that it is too good to be true, or even notice some slight incongruences. But it can be difficult to walk away as the highs can be so high. It can be likened to being on an emotional roller coaster, like it is with all toxic relationships. And eventually this could lead to trauma bonding. A narcissist can also act out as a saviour and rescuer in order to control and dominate. If you aren't in a good place when they first meet you, they will pick up on this by asking questions and how you act and make you feel that they have your best interests at heart, only to drop you back down after they've raised you up. They can seem to show genuine interest and care with the stories that you tell about your difficult experiences, but are just gleaning information to use against you in the future. Mentally memorising how they um, will trigger you and draw you in 
in the future. Often when narcissists set their sights on someone, they stop at nothing to convince that person that they are selfless and loyal. When they step in to save the day, they always have an ulterior motive. They can seem confident and kind, and the realisation that they are unscrupulous and controlling often arrives too late. Initially, a truly kind and open-hearted person can be appealing to a narcissist as they think they can get them on side uh, to be able to use them for their own needs. As time moves on, however, the narcissist realises they are generally nicer and better than they are, and this threatens their sense of self. The subconscious need to bring them down is triggered, and so they seek out the negatives making them up as required in order to re-establish their own sense of superiority. Giving them a sense of control and entitlement over the other person, they will go to any lengths to make this happen, even if that means destroying someone. Unlike a narcissist, an emotionally healthy person is aware of their insecurities and has no need to bully in order to feel better about who they are. An emotionally healthy person is in fact a danger to a narcissist and so the balance must be addressed in their favour once again. If you seem to have an insight into your own emotions, self-awareness, if you show remorse, accountability, empathy, conscientiousness, uh, a narcissist often ruthlessly seeks to exploit these deeper capacities to their advantage. Neuroscience has recently researched how our brains can be affected by those around us and more specifically how an abuser can exert mind control practices. There are two types of neurons they looked at, self neurons and other neurons. In the research it showed how the brain of a subordinate mouse synchronised to a more dominant mouse. The more time they spent together the more dominant the mouse became as their brains continued to sync. And the same can be seen within humans. This can be a healthy thing in balanced relationships as syncing with each other helps with bonding and connection. In humans, typically the uh, people with the stronger personalities get their needs met more often than their partners do. The longevity and intensity of the relationship affect the degree to which those close to us have an influence. In an unbalanced space, this can lead to major issues and toxic relationship spaces. In some cases, it doesn't matter how independent and in control you are of yourself. When you enter a relationship where one tries to dominate you, after a while, you can lose that sense of self. Brain synchronisation is one thing that makes it harder for the controlled person in the relationship to think and act autonomously and challenge that power imbalance. These cases are higher in those that focus on others more than themselves. They monitor and adapt to other people's needs, wants and feelings. If you ask them what's on their mind, it's usually about someone else. One might suppose that their other neurons light up more consistently than their self neurons. And in contrast, brains of a narcissist light up with the self neurons more frequently, if not entirely. When it comes to praise, narcissists have found a way to weaponize it for their own benefit. How can something so good feel so bad? And I think that's a line that's probably heard in quite a few love songs. But in this case, it's very true. Praise is supposed to make us feel better, validate us, feel more positive about ourselves. Uh, obviously, if we are the kind of people that can accept praise. 
But in the wrong hands, however, it has the power to cause harm. Praise, like love, can be offered and withheld. It is not sustainable and it's not a way to feel good about ourselves um, when we can become over-reliant on it to do so. They weaponize it by using it in place of love as uh, they themselves see praise as love. This is why it is an important tool for a narcissist. They use it to foster dependency and reliance by alternating between praise and abuse. These things are called micro-abandonments. They manipulate and disempower to dominate and create a trauma bond with their victim. It's like idolizing one moment and then devaluing the next. Love bombing you and to putting you on a pedestal and then stripping it all away make you feel as though you are nothing to them and then all that you do is now wrong. They can then seek to re-establish the bond, fix what is now broken, giving them all of the control. What can then happen is their partner focuses all their energy on the narcissist, forgetting all about their own needs and interests, making sacrifices to be with them, to be recognized by them and regain what has been lost, giving the narcissist all the control. As time goes on, they lose their sense of self, feel inadequate and become dependent on the feedback they receive from the narcissist. Even when a relationship with a narcissist is over, it may not mean the end to all of the problems. If they haven't moved on, or sometimes even when they have moved on, they will still try and bait you to get some re-engagement. They taunt you and try to convince you that it was all your problem, uh, it was all you and you were to blame all along. Another of their manipulation strategies. They want to poke at you about something or someone that you care about. So keep an eye out for provoking or triggering behaviours to try and elicit any reaction from you. Remember that they thrive on the attention and maintaining control. They've likely tried to gaslight you in some way throughout the relationship and they aren't going to stop even when it has ended. They need to keep that abuse going. So some things to keep an eye out are insults, mocking, taunting, ridiculing or offensive jibing, guilt trips, such as blaming, being a victim, playing with your emotions, intimidation, threats, emotional blackmail type of things. Uh, what's called triangulation, so talking badly about you to others to convince them that you were the issue all along. Uh, all these can be seen when the relationship is still happening and I will cover uh, more about this in the next episode. But at the end of this is ultimately to keep you uh, on the end of their hook so they know they still have you where they need to get their fix and to feel like they are still winning. If a narcissist isn't ready to let you go, they may also try to get you to re-engage by using what is called hoovering. Hoovering is the dating trend of sucking someone back into an unhealthy relationship through manipulation. They may say or do things like um, if you take me back, I promise I will change. Um, they can say, we can get the house that you wanted, or I won't do this, or I won't do that any longer. They may say that I've grown as a person, I've changed. They might even go back to being the person that they were at the beginning of the relationship, buying gifts, giving you plenty of time, etc. 
saying all that you want to hear in order to get you to give them another shot. If you don't know by now, it's all manipulation and nothing will have changed. If you have trauma bonded to them, this can seem like a very enticing proposition to go back. So with all this in mind and the destructive and chaotic relationship it leads to, why would someone fall for a narcissist? Well, firstly, there is nothing wrong with you if you do, but it is likely to fit in with some patterns within you that draws you towards them and makes you more susceptible to their behaviours. For instance, you may be a people pleaser. You may be easily swayed to question yourself, have low self-worth and buy into the behaviour and are in too deep to escape easily. You could have learned patterns of relating that mean you see some of this behaviour as normal. You may enjoy the verbal boxing at the beginning, a kind of exciting flirtation that challenges you. You might like to play games yourself, but have entered into a game that you just won't win. If you had a parent that you wanted to please, uh, accepted a level of treatment that made you feel you didn't deserve much more, were made to feel that asking for more was wrong, felt rejected, abandoned, or even were led to believe that you should be submissive in relationships. You are more susceptible to the narcissist. Narcissists look for certain traits in people and if they can't find them or they can't manipulate them, then they will move on to someone else. So what kind of people do they generally look for? So a narcissist will look for people that are forgiving so that they will easily and always try and justify a narcissist behaviour and forgive their hurtful uh, ways more easily. They look for people that struggle with unhealed trauma, but they pretend to care to help you heal and then use it against you when they need to. They like someone who is highly empathetic, someone who will be willing to take on their issues, try and understand them and feed their need to be admired, praised and loved. To never made, be made to feel that they're bad or wrong. Show them kindness and compassion even whilst being abused. They want someone who is loyal. They require absolute loyalty and devotion, a commitment to them and to your relationship and they will use this as a way to isolate you from others and things that you like to do. They're drawn to people with low self-esteem, insecurities and fragile self-confidence, knowing that making you feel you are not good enough or not enough won't take that much effort. You already self-criticise so you aren't going to question it when they criticise you too. And obviously building you up in the first place just to knock you down will make you feel great at the start and then make you feel terrible afterwards. They like those that are overly accommodating, those that will self-sacrifice and try and mould themselves to the expectations of others to mould them, uh, to mould yourself into what they expect from you. They like people that take responsibility for everything to meet the needs of others is key 
if a narcissist is going to draw you in and those who take responsibility for everything is a dream scenario for them. A narcissistic abuse victim typically ignores their own needs while feeling utterly responsible for the narcissist. In the next episode about narcissism, I will talk about how to spot a narcissist. So in the meantime, be good to yourself. And I'll see you then. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe, follow and review the show. That is very much appreciated. And please do reach out if you would like to know more about how you can create healthy, intimate relationships in your life. I will leave you with this quote from Carl Bond. Although we can't go back and make a brand new start, we can start now and make a brand new ending. I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Relationship Guide.